Episode six. We've been together six whole weeks. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the hostess with the mostest. The smile on her face makes me smile on my face. Susan Stevens. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Going good. Going good. It's an interesting week. There's a lot, lots to discuss. <laughs> lot, lots to discuss for sure, uh, Susan. It is, we're here, Susan and I live in Texas, and it's weird because Susan and I saw each other at least once or twice a week for years, if not yeah. more. And now we haven't seen each other uh, in person in like two or three months and it's fucking so weird <laughs> crazy it's so weird i was telling trevor that not too long ago i was like it's just weird not seeing like my movie people for that long because that was like we just saw each other so much i know we we do luckily we have zoom and all of this and we have our new podcast which i'm glad in this quarantine time our podcast was born me too so it's good shit. We're on episode six. Susan, what's the title? Oh, Happy Day. Is that like from like the song, like the Sister Act 2? Oh, Happy, happy day. day. Oh, Happy Day. That's, that's what I thought of. I was just like, oh, happy. That was the first thing that came to mind when I was doing it. I was like, that was trying to keep things happy, even though a lot of the things that make me happy you'll see later in the show like the scenes it's like you may think it's like sad but those are the ones that they're truly yeah they tears of happiness yeah yeah so so last week we did the saddest moments in film and television so we had to flip that on its ear Mm -hmm. and do the happiest moments in tv so that's kind of like our main event today that the happy happiest moments why what makes a movie happy and stuff like that how what personally and then, of course, we have our our blind watch, which uh, our lady uh, Susan picked out, which was fantastic. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. I'm I can't wait to talk about that. I I'm so surprised. I, just, I know, right? I just don't think anything will ever top Riccio. It's just it's just nothing can compare. Because that was borderline, like a movie i don't even know if i would really call that a movie it was a movie they did a screen sure. gallus that we did not know about i know that's so that's crazy it's uh it's wonderful so we're, we're gonna get to the happiest moment the main event we're gonna talk about the blind watch but first we have some movie and tv updates and some news and whatnot uh first on a bit of not a happy note. So we're going to start off with kind of where we left off with last week, sad shit. Yeah. Uh, two uh, industry professionals, two um, actors, filmmakers passed away. One being Lynn Shelton, the other being Fred Willard. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Shelton, uh, Susan, she was a, a creator of some like pretty big things recently, right? Yeah, let me look at There was that movie, so Laggies. I know she did Laggies. Um, 
gosh, there was little fires or something like that. Yeah, she she was some. Sorry, I do not know her stuff as well as um, I knew more of Fred Willard's things. But I did like your sister's sister. Uh, She did that. Um, Hump Day. She just did. uh, She was the director for Sword of Trust that came out last year. Did you see that? I did not. Um, yeah, so I guess, no, she, she was the was little fires everywhere. Was, am I, yeah, she was, the, she was one of the directors for it. Okay. Okay. So I didn't watch that show. You watched it, right? Yes. Did you like it? It's all right. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. She, she definitely has a, a really good resume as far as all this stuff goes, but. Um, but she was pretty young though, right? She was young. She was, I mean, she was only 54. That's young these days. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, it, it's terrible. So that, that happened. And then Fred Willard, the comedic actor who we've known in all the Christopher Guest movies and Dodgeball, uh, the underdog story, as well as just uh, American Pie 3, American, American Wedding. Pie. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Flannery's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, it's, he was, uh, he was a pioneer in comedy and he's been around a long time. And most recently he could be seen in a couple episodes of the new Netflix, uh, show Space Force that stars Steve Carell and John Malkovich. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, Brian, he actually made a lot of guest appearances on The Bachelor. So. Yes, I actually did know that. <laughs> yeah. He, so was he like a host? No, actually. So he showed up one time. I think they brought him in one time as kind of a call to best in show for like some challenge with dogs or something. But people loved him so much for his like he would do commentary. He would come in during like because they have these group dates that are sometimes like challenges and they would him and chris harrison would be like each other's they'd feed off each other really well as far as like bantering or whatever giving their little feedback and commentary and then he was just really loved by the audience so they kept kind of bringing him back and like he was they did a spinoff like listen to your heart they did winter games a few years back and they kept him through most of that for the winter game challenges and stuff so for sure and he was He played a lot of commentators, like in a lot yeah. of his movies, Christopher Guest movies, like Best in Show and mm-hmm. Mighty Wind and, uh, oh, what's the other one? Oh, Mascots and and even Underdog. He was a, a commentator. And yeah. He was so good because I think he ad-libbed a lot of it and improv and he's just mm-hmm. so great at it. And also, I think he's the only person who was ever a live actor, a live action actor in a Pixar movie. And Wally, he was the president of the world, and he was live action through the through the television as they were talking. So it, it was like actually him live, uh, wow. like in real life. And I don't think any other person has done that, but Fred Willard. Wow, that is cool. I don't, I don't think I like realized that, but that's yeah. I I really loved Fred Willard. Honestly, he was such a great actor. He was so funny, and I did feel really bad the last time he was on The Bachelor. I think. I want to say it was this last season with Peter. He did kind of look like he was um, not quite the same 
same guy. Right. Well, in Space Force, this new Netflix show, I mean, he does not look good. I actually, yeah. it's myself, I, did you watch it, Susan? No, I didn't watch that, but I'm imagining he would, because he was on, just on this last season with Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. He did not look good in like, he was shaking and stuff like that. And so I didn't know if that was like a real thing or not, or if that was acting, but like, yeah, he did not look good. I mean, he was still there, but yeah. his, his part in Space Force is really limited. Mm-hmm. And, I was like, and I thought to myself like, oh, he doesn't look good. And then at like the day I was watching Space Force, like binging it, I, the news came. And I'm oh like, oh, freaking gosh. way, that sucks. So uh, I like Fred Willard. Um, and sad to say Fred was quite old I think he was late 70s or early 80s oh he was in his 80s he's in his uh, 80s but, yeah uh, but which uh, I mean he was 86 86 almost 90 so yeah yeah uh sad to see these people go but um that that was big news this these past week uh, so mm-hmm. we had to we had to talk about it a little bit get it off our chest yeah but Moving on, everybody wants to know the update on uh, Listen to Your Heart. I know there was a finale. It was down to four was, couples last week. How did they do no. it? One? Well, because we did skip a week. So it did go down to three. So it was, it was okay. It was last night. They got down to three couples. I was honestly very frustrated. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it yet. But Rudy and Matt were my favorite couple as far as voices go. And they don't even make it because Chris Harrison waltz in there again saying, whoa, he presents fantasy suites, which in bachelor world fantasy suites means if you take this key to the room, that means you're going to, um, you know, do it. So <laughs> that's, like do it, like do the deed. Do Well, this is what's so funny is like a lot of Bachelor people have taken the fantasy suite card and just just stayed up all night talking because it's alone time in the room without cameras there. It's guaranteed time without the cameras. So, yes, some of them go ahead and choose to like consummate their relationship there. But a lot of people just choose to have that time to talk all night. Well, I guess this guy, Matt, who likes his partner he just took it really seriously and he was like, Oh, I can't get there. I can't get there. So they break up within the first like 20 minutes of the episode. And I'm so mad because I just want to see, hear this girl sing. She's so good. Anyways, they leave and it's down to two couples. It's honestly, sadly, this was the most boring episode, which is kind of shocking considering that the finale should usually be the exciting one. But these couples were established. They were trying to create, like, there was this couple from the beginning, Chris and Bree, who they fell in love, like, episode two, and you just know they're it as far as this competition goes, and they try to create, like, they don't take the fantasy suite card. They both agree. They don't want to do that. They don't want to mess up their relationship, but the other couple, Jamie and Trevor, oh, you know they're, like, on cloud nine. They they definitely took full advantage, and, uh, <laughs> And so it's it's really it's silly that the the trying to like throw us off and make us think oh my god what's gonna happen who's gonna win um, they had guest judges were besides the Jason and Caitlin uh, from the Bachelor Nation world they had Tay Diggs 
Jewel and Rita Wilson. Those were the, the Rita Wilson. Yes, I guess Rita singer. makes Tom Hanks uh, uh, watch that show. <laughs> I well, she's and she is a singer, so I guess that's huh? why they had her. But um, they got to be the final decision for who wins, is which Tay the winner Diggs gets. A singer? Is what Tay Diggs a singer? Does he sing? That's I thought he I just modeled remember. and acted. I don't know. I mean, they brought actors too. So, okay, okay. but yeah, I mean, I, I was confused too if he was a singer or not. But uh, yeah, well, all said and done, honestly, Chris and Bree, their chemistry has been undeniable since the beginning. They win. That means they get they get like I think I think they get some money. They get a contract. They already had their album out. They're doing a tour, and they're still together today. So good Holy on them shit. Uh, yeah listen to your heart finale so do you so do you think you can go on a show like that uh and like not necessarily singing but it's some something else that you're good at not necessarily singing but do you think you could do like a dating show something like that I don't feel like I honestly could. I always, I always think about that one because I watch a lot of these and I'm always like, oh, I'd love to go on. I'd be so normal and I'd be so like, they'd, people would love me. But first of all, I think that producers are very manipulative and they know exactly what to ask and exactly how to edit to make you look and sound the way they want you to. So I'd be really scared that somehow they'd make me be this bad person. But on top of that, I'm so shy. To be on these dating shows, you've got to be forward, I feel like. But I feel like you're forward and you're not shy at all. I'm not when it comes to just like talking to my friends and doing movie talk or something. But like, I'm not, oh, Brian, I have no game when it comes to flirting. I, how, did it, how did it work with you then? How, you're, you're married. <laughs> I know because like friends, like we were at a brunch through friends. And I mean, I think the most, I think the boldest thing I was able to do is I added Trevor on Facebook. I was like, <laughs> Oh, here we go. And I just doing the adding the friend request, I was losing my mind. I was like, Ooh, okay. Okay. I did it. And then he, he commented on my wall, a trailer of the star Wars trailer. And I lost my mind. I was like, Oh shit. Oh God. Does he think he likes me? <laughs> Turned out he did. And I mean, he did more of the work, to be honest. Yes. Okay. And, so you had no pickup lines? You didn't put it out there, flaunt, flirt? You didn't say like, hey, do you like Jenny Slate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am really, honestly, my, I think my biggest fault was I always uh, got in the friend zone. So almost like a lot of my guy friends I'd have crushes on. And then it would get to a point where even I lost interest in them that way because it'd be like not romantic anymore. I'd know way too much about them in the way I didn't want to. You lose the spark. It wasn't like your move where you'd like hang over the balcony and invite girls to come up to your dorm room or whatever. What did you like? You like, uh, you know, baited them with alcohol or food or something? (laughs) 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 Well, Well, first, before we get to that, I just like the fact that you friend zoned yourself in yeah, every relationship where even you were didn't want to go further with it, which was it's fantastic. Well, you're the number one way you friend zone yourself, and then you like you lose interest is when you start talking to the guy. You giving him re- relationship advice. That'll okay, there it is. There it is. That'll 
that's not like the movies at all. That's dies after that. There, there it is. No, no. In in, in college, the the way we used to uh, get the the ladies up there, we would just r- yell out random things like, "Hey, do you prefer Scooby Doo or Ducktales?" <laughs> And they're like, what? And I'm like, Scooby Doo or Ducktail? And they'd come up and we'd just start talking. That was wow. How it happens. And we'd like do stuff like that. Sometimes that's it? we would sometimes we'd have Godiva ice cream. Okay. I was <laughs> like, that's all it took. A that's simple- all it took. College was so easy that way. God, that was not the way it worked. Well, we needed alcohol. Alcohol. Alcohol? Well, this was well the, the guy was the like, day. hey. Yeah, if it was in a dorm, yeah, because we didn't, we weren't supposed to have alcohol in the dorm. So if they were like, "We've got some Sprite and Skull vodka," <laughs> which I can't even drink anymore. So yeah. yeah, this wasn't in the dorm. This was in our apartment, which was cabby corner to the two uh, all-girl dorms in Kansas. So three times a day, the freshman girls would walk past the balcony apartment. So if we were home, you know. That's kind of what we would do. Hmm. I'm in the yearbook for KU for that reason, by the way. I can show oh, you a picture. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we always have like we painted like stuff on our windows and had flags and stuff like that. It was it was quite fun. But yes, I I just love that. Susan had no game. I don't get this because when I talk to Susan and see Susan, she's very outgoing extroverted and can talk about anything so it it blows my mind how when I see like Trevor or you or anybody that you just like kind of clam up I I don't get it I don't see it you my my friends who have seen me there they probably would they'd be able to tell you better but yeah I don't know I wasn't good around the guys that I had crushes on I think that was the problem If, if I had a crush on a guy it was really hard for me to be confident but I didn't care I, I could make friends pretty easily all right and I, I can click with guys pretty easily too so it's not well because you're in the like fun movie type stuff and tv you know like we get it yeah <laughs> everybody gets it I think oh it's just you you're just pretty fucking cool and I just oh. love that uh Trevor posted a Star Wars trailer on your social media and you were like oh he loves me oh, I, I still remember he posed he's put the po- he put the trailer link and he goes that trailer though that's what he wrote i'll never forget and i was like oh my god what does this mean so stupid <laughs> oh that's great and here we are years later good stuff uh-huh. All right, all right. So that's listen to your heart. Let's move on. Let's move on to some gossip news because this. Okay, so on the run sheet, Mary Kate Olson, one of the Olson <laughs> twins, and Oliver Sarkozy, which, if I remember correctly, is like a big business person, and I don't know, he's very wealthy, right? Yeah, and he's also like what twice her age three right. times I so don't they're even getting know. divorced there's yeah. no surprise here no and i don't think this was actually any real love or any passion it just seemed like a you know business type of marriage where money's involved and i mean nobody knows what the olsen twins are doing besides them 
looking like death basically not eating is what they're doing i yes. hate to say it like you know and like i don't get it you know they have they don't have to do shit because they have hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars but i mean mm-hmm. when everybody returns to fuller house how do the olsen twins not do it even make a cameo it doesn't make sense and how are they not making movies like I get it. They can do whatever they want. Maybe right. if I was in that position when I was a young child actor and all that stuff, maybe I wouldn't want to do that again. But I mm-hmm. feel like, I mean, you're getting married to somebody named Oliver Sarkozy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You should see the photo that they have too, that the two of them that looks like they're for their divorce photo or whatever. And it's like the two of them standing. She looks like, like face, like, skeletal i hate to say it and but they look so miserable they don't they're not even smiling i showed trevor i was like i was like babe look they're getting a divorce and just looking at the picture i was like can are you shocked look how happy they look like they look they i don't feel like they ever once looked happy together well i don't think the olsen twins have ever been happy minus maybe when they were young i just can't see them ever having a great time eating at a table thanksgiving (laughs) dinner and like hey let's go listen to that music i don't know i don't see that in them (laughs) i think there was a time i honestly i don't know what happened but like somewhere along the lines they did their fashion thing which is great like all i'm not telling you don't have to do movies if you don't want to do anymore like you did a whole bunch and i don't know if it's just all those I love those movies growing up, those like adventures, everything. Like I was obsessed with Passport to Paris, any of those movies. But I think, and they had a lot. I feel like it was back to back constantly that they had these home, like straight to video movies. They had that TV show they did. It was constant somewhere along the line. I think they just burnt out and they were like, we're done. And it's like a light and died inside of them. Something must have happened. I'm very curious. And it's like they're into fashion. I feel like they could probably be awesome costume designers for film. Right. I don't know. I agree with you. I think something happened because I agree. Like, I know that there was no animosity unless something comes out later. But as far as I know, there was no animosity with the, the cast members. They've never said anything. They always say, like you know, Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, John Stamos. They all say those girls were like their daughters. Um, I mean, it is crazy that they wouldn't even make a cameo on Fuller House. They, they've done a shout out, like it's an open invitation to them. So there's no, they're not even mad at them. They're just like, just know you're always welcome. They did like a episode where they look at the camera and they will be like, well, you guys are, Michelle's always welcome, you know, kind of thing. So I don't think they care. They're not going to come. No, in that show, in that series ending or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, June 2nd is the second half of the series, which I watch it. It's not good, but I have to know what happens with DJ and Steve because I really love them. Well, there you go. I mean, I, maybe in the final episode, Michelle will show up. Who knows? That'd be great. I got to say, though, did you interview Elizabeth Olsen when she came to Dallas? Yes. For Martha, Marcy, Marcy May, Marlene. Marlene, yeah. Okay. It was awesome. It was, no, she's awesome. But I just, I will never, I was telling Trevor, I was like, I will never forget. Like that was her first movie that we were like, and I was like, I didn't even know that the Olsen twins had another sister. Nobody did. Nobody did. No one did. And I remember them telling us like, do not bring up the Olsen twins. I remember that completely. 
and I totally respect her if you're wanting to keep that separate, but I'll never forget back then, because I didn't really know who Elizabeth Olsen was. I was like, Ooh, I get to interview Elizabeth Olsen and she's related to the Olsen twins. So like I'm getting, I would be like, I get to interview the Olsen twins sister. It was so cool. <laughs> now well, I'm like, really like the best one and part right. of the MCU and cool fucking movies. Well, yeah. Now we can be like, well, we just, we interviewed Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's her name. So. No, yeah, I do. I remember that, and I liked Marthy, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, uh, quite a bit. And I did too. It that was good. she was great in that. So yeah, no, yeah. interesting. So Mary Kate Olson, Oliver, Oliver Sarkozy divorce. Look up the image. I'm sure Susan has printed it out and posted it. <laughs> <laughs> what I aspire to look like. Maybe, maybe just uh, Mary Kate and Ashley have the same uh, thing as you when it comes to flirting with guys. They're just too shy. <laughs> they're no. expecting they, they're expecting a star wars trailer on their facebook feeds okay maybe <laughs> i don't think so though because i think they have like odd taste in men <laughs> i yes if somebody like oliver sarkozy i i don't think it's real love so there there no. you go uh and let, let's talk about um let, let, let's talk about the update on the movie theaters and films opening so so I guess, at least in Texas, it may be across the nation, slowly things are starting to open up more, and especially in Texas, where it looks like by the end of this week, most everything will be back open, maybe not to full, uh, full capacity, but in some capacity, including theaters. Well, I guess a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, the governor said that theaters could open, but nobody really opened, because how can you kind of control 25 percent how are you going to make money from 25 percent you're just and there's no movies coming out so mm -hmm. there it's really a no-win situation but what's the update on movie theaters reopening and safety guidelines or what do you want to see and what do you think is going to happen well as far as i know i think no theater is going to open until the earliest is july because that's when the first of like new movies are even coming out but I don't really know how this is going to work because, I mean, you can do the 25% capacity. They'll probably, I mean, they did just go ahead and extend restaurants are at 50 capacity now. So maybe they'll do something like that for movies. I'm not sure, but what it's going to be a real struggle because the people are going to have to come in after each movie and clean down the seats as well as I mean, I can't, I can't imagine all the cleaning that they'll have to do. I don't know if you're going to have to wear masks, but masks are going to be pointless because people eat during the movie. You're and right. And that's a big, that's one, that's the biggest moneymaker to a movie theater is the definitely. drinks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's part of the entertainment experience is people want to come get their popcorn and soda. So I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, I'm glad that theaters are waiting till July. I'm, I'm itching for a press screening. I can't wait for that because I think if we have a press screening, there's not as many of us and we can space out and I'm not going to be scared as much. Um, but not yet. Like in July, I, let's let this, because I guess the curve is kind of, it's kind of flattening a little bit and who knows, I guess at this rate with everything opening, it's, it makes you feel a little bit, safer even though we're no not all of this california extended their stay-at-home order for another three months so texas is just getting ahead of the game here 
it's kind of scary. It's kind of it scary. It is scary. It is as scary. Much as I want to go back to the theater, it just yeah, I don't see myself. I mean, I really don't see how Tenet is going to be released because they're all basing it on Tenet, uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie. If it's moved, ever, there's not going to be any movies coming out until Christmas. No, Mulan's coming out in July. It is, but I guarantee you, if if Tenet moves its position from then, it won't come out. Like they will, it'll either go to Disney Plus or it will be moved till um, till December, guaranteed. I think at this rate, if more states continue to reopen and they don't turn around, like Texas is definitely, they're just they're going full swing. I mean, massage parlors, tattoo parlors, daycare, summer school starts in June first, uh, like that. They can do that. Like I, if other people follow suit then they'll probably stick with this July because at this rate, what's happening is they're saying, live your life. We can't be like this forever. And kind of like every man for themselves is that really what I feel. Which is crazy. I know. <laughs> Which is insane. That's it why is insane. I'm staying at home. Oh, I'm still being, I, I want to go to a restaurant really bad, but not going to, I'm still just staying at home. Yep. Taking yeah. takeout. Take, take and take out. Yeah, that, that's the deal. So that that's that's happening. Maybe next week we can have a special guest of the Angelica on to give us an update. Yeah. Uh, to see great. what like the industry of the theater is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's what's happening. Um, and as far as uh, June and July go, is there anything in June or July that we're looking forward to? Well, Milan is one of them. I can't remember when when do they push back Black Widow. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. That might be July, but I do not know. Hopefully that still gets a theatrical release and not straight to Disney+. Plus. Right, so it's Tenet, they got Mulan, a movie called Amulet, Summerland, the Spongebob movie supposed to be in August. That's kind of what they, it's really not a whole lot. They have a Wonder Woman in August. I have a feeling that Wonder Woman and Tenet are going to be pushed back. That, that's, my, that's my call right now. I think at some point in the next several weeks, they're going to push both movies, and at least until December. Jeez. Which will suck. I mean, there's no new movies. It will. It will. Unless, unless Texas, it, since Texas is kind of leading the way and opening up, if Texas doesn't see a big spike in new cases or deaths, then maybe people will follow suit. Yeah, well, I mean, Georgia's doing it, Wisconsin, I can't remember where else, but there's other states that are doing this. It's not just us. Georgia was the first, and then, yeah, we're just, and I mean, the president is literally tweeting, open the country. Well, he's not really a president, so he's just an asshole. (laughs) <laughs> that's who, what he's tweeting who's, is, who knows nothing of what he does so yeah. uh, there's there's no leadership there so it's it, it, like you said it's every person for themselves it's, so. it's every man for themselves right at this point so yeah um, yeah it's weird so that's kind of the updates for this week we're going to be talking about a little bit about uh, more movies and tv later on but let's let's get to one of our main topics here i'm very excited about happy moments of the happiest moments in movie and tv we need this right now yes There's something about a movie or tv show that puts a big smile on your face whether it be a 
big hearty laugh or something that actually just makes you cry in happiness or makes you like, oh, watch me snuggle up with warm fuzzies <laughs> in your tummy. There's something about it. So Susan, what usually makes you happy in a movie? Uh, honestly, I mean, definitely something that makes me laugh, if that's, that, that'll do it. But also, I think, and I think this is kind of a, a given, but when you do relate to a character and you like the character, usually characters have a goal. And when they achieve that goal in the film, um, whether it be the something that they didn't expect or what they actually wanted, it does feel feel really good. Like you in a moment in those two hours, you lived vicariously through them, and you feel just as happy as they do. And so that, or also like really feel good family moments, that'll make me just super happy. And um, I mean, if if done well, a great rom com. Yeah. I, I, I hear you there, and I knew you were going to go towards like the the that side of things, and I, I agree with you. There are really good moments, and I'm sure in one of your moments, I have exactly what you're going to say. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm curious, but I'm, I'm I, I have it in my mind. I'll tell you if it happens. Okay. Uh, what yeah. about you? What makes you happy? I think what makes me happy, you know, other than having like a really great comedic scene, like perfectly timed and delivered is seeing a character's transformation over a period of time and then at the end getting that full redemption that Mm -hmm. really makes me happy uh when all like when all seems lost and stuff like that that really that really gets me and I really am happy about that um yeah so I I think that's I guess the, the most the most for me for sure okay that's a good one. Redemption is a good one, especially when you like started hating the character and then by the end of it, you're like. And I think that's some of like, the happiest moments or like the transformation of people throughout a film or a TV series. And I think that makes the most compelling characters. Yeah. Uh, in storylines is somebody starts here, you know, at this side and they end up on the other side where you didn't think they would. And that always, that always gets me. I like that. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Like, like for, I guess for an example, uh, if something like that, um, cause it's not in my, um, in my picks or anything, but like some, a movie like Up where um, the, the old guy who, you know, he was a good guy, but just kind of kept to himself. But then he was a real curmudgeon and hated everybody. But then at the end he, you know, sacrificed himself and to save somebody else, you know, that was. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was brilliant. It was really well done, and uh, I thought that was a good transformation. I mean, there's tons of others for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, I like that one for sure. So, in relation to happiness in films, they can really be super cheesy, so thick that you can pour it over nachos, <laughs> uh, like that real creamy, cheesy, gooey, disgusting, like, oh God, they're like, not hold now. your nose up, or like, what are we watching, really? How, how does that happen? Why does that happen? And <laughs> do, you, I, do you enjoy that or do you know like- that to me I blame bad writing usually is the fault I would say I would say 
something that's like so on the nose, like trying really hard with the, like this happens a lot in rom-coms where they're like, Lucy, before I met you, life didn't even begin to start. Like you are everything and whatever. And not to say that that can't be horror, like that can't succeed because I will say like Jerry Maguire Tom Cruise saying, you complete me and shut up. You had me at hello. If I like repeat that to someone, they're going to be like, that sounds terrible. But if you watch the whole movie, again, that's something that like you build up to. It really depends how it gets built up. Like, right. I know. I get, I get that. I didn't think that movie was cheesy just because no. they shared that thing in the elevator with the sign language and he brought it back up type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it it was, it it that one was a good one. I'm trying to say like that. There's, it's really hard to think of an example of one that's just like I I was doing. Honestly, there was a movie. Uh, I used to think Twenty Seven Dresses was so good in college. I loved it, and we rewatched it. It's not like bad, but it's not it's not great. It's not great. It's very, um just sometimes it just doesn't make sense and they're really pulling to make a character make two people work it just again it's also the actors so it's cheesy it's just cheesy what what do you think no I I think there's plenty of that and I think there's a lot of it in you know modern day romantic comedies and teen comedies and teen romance and young adult stuff i think there's a plethora of uh of tons of cheesiness in it whether Mm -hmm. it be like a like what looks like a good relationship and they're spouting off love lines and or like the music swell they run up into each other's arms, you know, it's kind of something we've seen before and like, okay, I guess the director wanted this moment, but oh God, how many times must we do this? Right. right. So yeah, Yeah. I get it. (laughs) And there is a lot of that, you know, like you can even say something like, um, uh, like, uh, oh shit. God damn it. Notting Hill, which I Mm -hmm. love so much. It's a good movie, you know, but it's a great, you know, at the end is kind of cheesy. No, you know, in like it's like our movie, like our, like the like journalist press movie, which is great. Right. Because, and it's like, oh, ask him again indefinitely. Yeah. You hear the music and the like the back and forth close up panning in. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, get over yourself. But it worked mm-hmm. in the movie because you're like, oh, yay. Yeah. Uh, I'm like just that. a girl standing in front of a guy <laughs> asking him to love me. <laughs> Can I just say no to you? <laughs> but it, but again, it's, it's again, it's, it's like what, where you, what happened to get there too? That really does make the difference. Right, right. Cause you kind of hate Julia Roberts in that movie completely. I know you do cause she's horrible to him for every reason. Yeah. And until, you know, that final moment when she's in a shop again, telling him like saying in front of a boy thing. Mm-hmm. and uh when he goes to the press conference and stuff i mean that's like our movie like not like yeah. you and our movie but like our colleagues like right i can't right. imagine showing up for horace and how and interviewing like because we've done ta tours like that <laughs> yeah horse and hound it's just it's great 
I wish I wish we were both critics when that movie came out to see that as a critic with people because I know I know that would got it pretty well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, minus the whole uh, thing of an actress like that ever being interested in anybody oh yeah that wouldn't happen (laughs) very no Mm -hmm. so really funny okay so we're gonna list off a couple of our, I think, our happiest moments in TV and film. So let's start with TV moments. Susan, okay. happiest moments in television that still stick with you today. Oh man, that is, it's really hard to pick um, just one. Okay. Oh, pick, so, pick several, pick several. Well, I, yeah, to narrow. But okay, so this one, I still count it as TV just because like Saved by the Bell in general, so, so, you know, Saved by the Bell is my all-time favorite television television show just because of, like, what it was for me growing up. But, you know, did you ever watch Saved by the Bell? I, I absolutely watched Saved by the Bell. Okay. I own all of it, including, like, the Vegas special, which that was, like, <laughs> it was a four-parter, like, TV special or whatever. But when Zach and Kelly, both whenever he proposes actually when they finally they when they get back together in college like where they say i love you and stuff after he's about to he wants to jump out of an airplane and she's like don't do it i love you zach and and he's like i love you too i don't have to do this but he ends up doing it um well some not too long later he proposes and then there's like their wedding like their actual wedding when she's i can still picture her walking down the aisle i can picture the song as she's walking down the aisle they show a montage of their whole relationship from like high school to now and it just gets me like i mean i'm just so happy it makes me so happy to see what we watched like it was multiple seasons i mean you had to see kelly cheat on him and them go through different relationships and when they finally get together it just ah it still puts a big smile on my face i really love zach and kelly so and they're together still people (laughs) we'll see in the new series no they better not fuck that up i'll be pissed i will be so mad um Gosh, gosh. Okay. And I really love, we're watching Everwood right now. Um, oh, it's such a great show. Honestly, that show, if you know, it's like a father son, uh, it's a lot about this father son, the relationship that's, um, you know, the son hates his dad because he wasn't really there while his mom was alive. Um, but And he's trying to make up for it by bringing him to Everwood and starting over. Everwood, Colorado, small town. Uh, really, any of the moments where they are getting along. Uh, there's one specific scene in, um, in season one where they've kind of gone through a lot already. And they're sort of getting along, but uh, Ephraim, the son, is recording his his dad, Andy, and just, like, trying to make, like, a video logs, memories and stuff. And he's like, what's the greatest thing that happened to you this year? And he answers with, I met my son. I promise it's not cheesy if you watch it. It really really (laughs) warms your heart. You're like, (laughs) oh, you're so sweet. Um, and then, I mean, you're gonna, you're, you hate Friends. I know you hate it, but I love that show. 
that is still one of those shows that that just in general can friends and the office, which I will refer to a scene with them, but friends puts me in a good mood all the time. If I, if I want to go to bed and I just want something happy to watch, I can just watch another episode of friends, but I really loved it. One thing that always puts a big smile on my face is when they did the, when Monica and Chandler, they first get together in, uh, you, did you, you didn't watch any of it? I've seen an episode or two. Okay. Well, that was one that was a really good surprise. Nobody really ever thought that that would be a couple in, in the group to get together. So that reveal was really shocking. And I can still remember like she was under the covers and he, when he like comes, pops out and is like, she's like, did, do you think Ross knew I was here? And it was like this big shocker and everything like that. And I don't know, it just goes on to one of probably my favorite relationship from the show. So uh, definitely that. And then, uh, you know, there are plenty of Jim and Pam moments. I honestly feel like I can't choose just one Jim and Pam. Uh, so I'm going to pick a Michael one because uh, again, the office is another one that that show makes me happy in general. But when Michael finally, uh, you know, gets Holly, when he, when he gets to, I don't know, when he gets to propose to her, like, I do happy cry. I really do from that. But that's another person that you know how badly he's wanted not just her, but like a relationship, like a wife and everything. But like when he finds his person and he gets to be with her, like, like gets that moment, you just, oh, makes my heart burst. So happy. For sure. For sure. I would, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And I, I would say, I would add to that, uh, the happy moment between Michael and Holly is that like one of their first encounters when he's helping her put the chair together when she first mm -hmm. gets there and he talks in Yoda and she does yeah. it right back. And you're just like, Oh yes. That's yeah. good stuff right there. <laughs> it's great. He tells, well, it's just so funny because I didn't even think twice that that would be Michael's person. I was like, Oh, this is just another one of those girls is going to go on by. And it's funny. He tells Jim, he's like, I think I love her. I love her. Yep. And he's like, you just met her. He's like, you don't. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, what, what did you, what happened? He's like, we talked. We talk. We had a conversation. Yep. That's good stuff. I like your picks. Mm. What are yours? I've, I've got five as well. Um, all different. So one of them that was a really happy and like, fuck yeah, moments. Like, yes, really happy was, uh, was it the last or the, I think it's the second to last episode of Game of Thrones where Arya stuck the Night King and killed yeah. the Night King. I think that that sequence could have made like a soccer stadium rise up and all collectively and praise her. <laughs> I really wish if the season just ended on that, it would have been right? better. That was no, the, the sure. that I said the first three episodes of that season. Cause that was the, after that episode, it just went to shit, but right. that was such an awesome scene. Yeah. And it was a very happy moment because she kind mm -hmm. of like, went through so much hell to get to that moment and like how they filmed it like it was great that it was her yeah loved it loved it which um, i do i do have to say just because you did mention that and i didn't even think about like a dark show like that the wait are you gonna say more anything else on game of thrones no you go go for it 
I just want to say I have never been so happy as I was happy with Battle of the Bastards, that whole episode. Oh, yeah. Such a but good when episode. Ramsey Bolton finally dies, who I, I, <laughs> I hated Joffrey, but I think I hated Ramsey more. And I, I mean, oh, geez, especially because Sansa gets to like sick the dogs on him. I'm like, you go, girl, and you die you die like and it's almost i see i would say like it's almost not a happy moment but i mean it is good because he dies but it's also right. he like he never cowers down he never like he's never scared he's like fucking bring it yeah you know, i still hate you and i was like oh what a dick still i know, that. I know. <laughs> it is good it is good yeah um all right so going with the office there's two of them um okay Jim and Pam's wedding, specifically the office dancing down the aisle. Of course. I thought that was great. And then also a Michael moment of when everybody roasted Michael and he got upset and he came back and everybody just started laughing with him at his jokes. And he got, that was great. They all clapped for him. I thought that was a really happy moment for him. That was good. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. (laughs) So I like that. Um, yeah. Another one is from Doctor Who, one of the recent Doctor Who. There's a very happy, very sweet, very tender, happy cry moment where the the doctors, uh, the doctor picks up uh, Vincent Van Gogh from time and brings him to present day to show him what an impact he's made on life and culture and arts. And it is very sweet and emotional. Okay. So there's that one. Uh, the very last, the, one of the last scenes of Freaks and Geeks where Daniel Desario plays D&D with the geeks and it's like that great happy moment. Are we cool? Are we like, yeah, we're cool now. And I thought like Daniel Desario, you know, really having a good time with them and like that's such a great moment for the geeks because nobody liked them. And now mm-hmm. the cool kid is hanging with them and loving it. And I, I, that scene is great. Yeah. So that I love that scene. Very happy scene. Uh, also, um, couple from Scrubs. So I think in the first episode, where uh, Turk and JD, it's about to have their shift end, and Turk's telling JD that they might not live together. Mm-hmm. And but at the end, he comes in, he's like, "Yes, of course, I'm living with you. I'm scared not to." And he says, "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> and he laughs and walks off and it's like oh what a fucking happy moment that is that they're still gonna uh-huh. you know somebody else feels that way other than jd and then yeah. to further that the guy love song is wonderful <laughs> in the musical episode uh guy love when they sing their love for each other <laughs> yeah which i do love so those are my tv <laughs> moments for sure that they're good ones very those happy are good. uh but uh let's move on to movies man tons of movie ones but uh, i know uh, I, I want to hear yours because I'm going to tell you if uh, the one I'm thinking of is one of yours that I I'm was wonder- thinking of. But happiest moments in movies, Susan. Well, this one I feel like this could be on your list. I have no idea, but it's, I think, because this is a scene I can rewatch over, if it's on TV, I can rewatch uh, Shawshank Redemption, the end. Of no, that's uh, absolutely the last shot of Shawshank yeah absolutely that was i mean starting from when he throws the rock uh through the through the poster and just going all the way to finding out what had actually happened and he's finally free i mean 
Well, the, like, it's something about that the two friends in prison and having that handshake and hug at the end, you know, on the beach and water, mm -hmm. it's like something otherworldly and happiness. Yeah, that to me is honestly just one of the best, one of the best films, truthfully. No, for sure, for sure. And, but also one of the best endings to a movie ever. Oh, that movie is so good. It so good. that scene though, like I can, if, if it's on TV, I want to stick around just so I can get to that scene again. Um, also, Little Miss Sunshine, another one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, lots of parts of that movie make me cry for sad moments. Uh, but the actual ending after she, which it's such a, it's such a good, they make you think that she's been practicing this great, like she's going to kill it, you know, dance. And when she does do her dance, like, you know, obviously it doesn't go the way it's supposed to, but when the whole family gets up on stage and is dancing with her and, you know, they're like, like, ah, stop the music, whatever. I don't know. It's just like after everything they went through and, you know, they all have their own problems. I just, that made me feel good. They finally came together. Right. No, at the beginning of the movie, that's, that's one of the, the transformations. That family hated each other. Right. They even didn't talk to each other. Some of them kill, tried to kill themselves. It was a family that hated each other. Mm -hmm. that really at the end, they were an actual family that loved each other and that showed with that hilarious, great dance. Right. And I, I, I really, I love it because you see how hard Greg Kinnear's character, the dad is to mm -hmm. Abigail Breslin through the beginning. And then he's the one that first goes up there yeah. and he's, you think he's just going to pull her. And then like when he finally like stands by her and supports her. Yeah, he does <laughs> it. You're just like, now you're a father. Now you're being a dad right now. Yeah. And everyone goes and follows and it's just, yeah, it's so good. No, that's a great one. Yeah. And then did you ever see uh, gifted with, uh, the girl we interviewed, and then Chris Evans, Jenny Slate's in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, gifted. That sounds familiar. Probably, maybe. I don't remember. So it's it didn't, like, it wasn't hugely popular, but it's about, like, he's the uh, uncle to this girl. Uh, his sister passed away, so he's been taking care of this, like, super genius little girl. Um, but there's, I cannot, you know, I haven't seen it as in a while, but I can't remember why she needed this. She needed something happy. Basically she was really down and, uh, he, Chris Evans is like, you want to feel good? You want something that's going to put you in a good mood? He takes her to a hospital where the, the delivery area is. And it's just a sequence. It's like a little mini montage of people like doctors coming out telling families it's a boy it's a girl and families just getting excited excited and it's really sweet because chris evans tells the his niece like this do you see how happy they are with this this is how we felt when we we knew we had you like you came it's such like it's a happy tearjerker but it's such a good scene uh, it's a great movie. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. It's got Chris Evans in it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, obvious child. <laughs> is, I'm waiting to see if it's the scene, if I'm thinking of. 
I, there's so much. There's so much. The entire movie. film. The entire film. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, honestly, like I could say the, even the end, just when they're watching TV together is really great. But I mean, this is a movie that, that I still reference, like warm my butter. Like when he's like, did you, she's like, did you just warm my butter? And he's like, he's, he, I think he just says, he's like, it's just what you do. And there's so like Jake Lacey, his character was probably the first most realistic to me. Not the, maybe not the first, but stands out as one of the most realistic love interests, I would say. Cause he's nothing like, he's not running down an airport to chase his girl or anything like that. He's just a normal dude. And I liked how they made like a normal guy chivalrous and like, you know, you'd root for him and crush on him. I, I, that was the scene I was thinking of. I remember you loving that scene so much when you saw it. It, it was <laughs> the so butter good. scene. It's <laughs> so cute. It's so cute. And then I, I have to finally say because I just would not. My favorite movie of all time is Breakfast Club, and my favorite scene to still is. I mean, I really do like when they're all talking and they like, you know, have their moment where they tear break down and really click but i mean i love when he reads the letter and he you just know it's kind of a left up to open interpretation of how it ends but i think that just the ending of breakfast club is one of the best and is also another to me one of the best endings to a movie for sure i know i i love it it's so good mm-hmm. and you know i think the outcome is that they're all friends from then on or do you think so do you think I, that they've been- I do. I do think they're all going to be friends, or at least they're all going to spend another Saturday there. But uh, I, I do think they're all going to be friends. I don't think they go their separate ways until college, perhaps. Interesting. See, I always looked at it as maybe possibly Allison and Andy or Andrew Clark, whatever, they may like date just because he seems like a romantic. But I feel like Claire and the nerd and whatever, the Bender, oh, I, like, I, I think they might not like just hang out complete like exclusively, but I think they have a respect for their types yes. of cliques and stuff like that. But I think right, they acknowledge right. each other in the hallways now. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I love Breakfast Club. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are your happy moments. Yeah, there's. I could go on forever, but I just. So, I'll just say one more with uh, Meet the Parents, the first <laughs> one. That that's definitely a comedy that another because lots of comedies in general I just like go to but the I just remember like laughing so hard from when uh, he breaks the urine or whatever the in the in the cat pees in the ashes oh yes like Jinxie Jinxie stop and the cat's face when he turns and looks at them as he's peeing. I don't know. It just, it kills me every time. It's so funny. Like Robert De Niro's like, oh, (laughs) great. You can milk anything with nipples. Right. (laughs) It's it's great. It's a great fucking line. I still quote that. Oh, me too. (laughs) My dad does. That's, that's one we really, (laughs) that's my favorite. That's funny. No, I like that movie. I like Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Shall, shall I start or do you now want to? Now you, leave? yes. No, no, okay. no. I, I, I can't anymore. Okay. Okay. All right. First off, um, two little moments uh, from E.T. Well, the first moment, of course, uh, when Elliot realizes E.T. is alive, he closes back up the, the casket thing 
and he goes to tell his brother and yells, he's alive, he's alive. And you see like the shot pan back to the plants growing full force now. Oh, so good. And then of course, uh, in that same movie, the bike chase when they all start to fly, which is like complete Iconic. John Williams yeah. and greatness. Like right there when he takes the breath and up they go, that's uh, smiles. Yeah. Um, so in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, when all seems lost on Jabba, Jabba's um, ship in the desert, mm-hmm. Luke's about to go out on the plank and uh, R2 fires that lightsaber to him. That mm. is a badass happy moment. And <laughs> I love that because you hear like that, that doom, doom, and it's like Luke kind of being a Jedi for the first time uh-huh. and taking care of everything. And that was awesome, by the way. So that's a very happy moment because R2 and Luke had a plan and it was great. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the Karate Kid, the, the final Daniel, uh, Daniel LaRusso crane kick to the face. That is a really good one. I love that scene too. That is so good. It's like, yeah. you know, all he worked for and everybody's there to cheer him on and like everybody was out to get him on that side and he fucking does it. The music is good in that scene, too. Yes. You're the best. Best around. around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to the future where George McFly gains the courage and knocks out Biff. Mm. Uh, Happy fucking moment because George McFly's whole life up until that moment was just scared of everything. And he got the courage and things changed for him. That was a great moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Dead Poet Society, oh, Captain, like oh. Captain at the end, when they realized, you know, made him realize it wasn't his fault, and, you know, oh, Captain, everybody stood on the desk. Very happy moment there. Same, same. I need to echo that one, because, yes, amazing. Great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The very end of Rocky with Sylvester Stallone, where he's yelling for Adrian, and she tells him she loves him, no matter what. <laughs> and that was very happy, great moment there. Um, and I'm just going to say personally, uh, the first time seeing Jurassic Park and seeing the first dinosaur, Brachiosaurus. Wow. Very happy moment. Like just like in film, but like, Mm -hmm. it's a great moment. Like just seeing that happen, you know, on screen, everybody's reaction was great and perfect. Um, yeah. Indiana Jones and the last crusade, the very final moment of the Sean Connery, and Harrison Ford finally bonding, and the the dog you know, the dogs Indiana joke, and then them riding off in the sunset with the score that didn't didn't that was so happy and great. We named the dog Indiana, um, and of course Army of Darkness, very last scene, hail to the king, baby, and S Smart. Um, also going to say dazed and confused. Uh, the very last movie. scene of Mitch, Mitchy Mitch, the young kid putting his earphones on and laying back to sleep after a night of partying and knowing that everything is going to be okay for his freshman year of high school. Hmm. It's, uh, it's great. Um, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, the very two softly spoken words for Frodo. It's just like, immensely happy of everything going to shit in that final battle and just seeing Aragorn, uh, son of Arathorn, uh, <laughs> uh, run after and you see the two little hobbits running and as everybody start yelling and running, that's a very happy moment there. Napoleon Dynamite dancing for Pedro in front of the school was a very happy moment. That's your favorite scene from it? 
no, not my favorite scene, but like a oh. happy moment, I thought. Like a very happy yeah. moment of him doing it and then the reaction of the crowd the re- to him. Yeah, the reaction was really good. Yes, so I thought that was great. Um, and two more. Uh, in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, the second Austin Powers movie, the first scene is where um, Elizabeth Hurley, she's a fembot and she dies and it's kind of a sad <laughs> scene. But then Austin Powers is like, wait a tick, I'm single again. <laughs> he's naked and he goes out and he's like dancing. Very great. After mm-hmm. uh, my divorce, I watched that scene quite a bit. I was like getting happy about that. <laughs> well, there you go. That's movie medicine right there. <laughs> no, it is. Because I think uh-huh. if you're in a sad state about a, like a broken relationship, you can always see that and it's such a funny scene and it always puts a smile on your face because it's a really sad scene she was a fembot yeah (laughs) it means i'm I'm single single again again. yeah baby (laughs) Uh, my last one is from avengers endgame um when the portal opens up and black panther comes walking (sighs) out uh really with that music and just quiet and just like the quiet nod like oh shit yes that is a good one. Is that the one where like we hear you, Cap, or whatever, yeah, and then they all come on, on your left, and then yeah, the first on your left, to walk out is Black Panther, and it's that yeah. initial nod. You're like, no way, it's finally happening. Because say what you will about Marvel, they took hardcore risks and chances. They killed off half of their entire superhero team for Mm -hmm. over a year and they didn't bring them back until like the last 30 minutes of the film of the last film and how they did it was so pitch perfect so good Uh, yeah yeah and that was one that you wouldn't we knew it was coming but even when it finally did arrive it just it still just had that major effect I mean I remember being in the theater and just well, we saw, you wow. saw the press screening, right? Yeah, we were together, yeah. Yeah, and it, like out of any of the press screenings we've ever been to, I don't, because press usually doesn't get vocal during movies, but during um, that, everybody was up. Like it was like 10 we years. We like, Yeah, everybody flopping. was. And it's that weird. and uh, when uh, Captain America gets Thor's hammer, that right. too. Like very those were very reactive scenes no for sure but that it's that it's that initial moment of black panther walking through with um the two women his sister and his guard and just that little little Mm -hmm. subtle nod from black panther being like it's gonna be okay and you're just like because before that it just was going to shit oh yeah like it was it was dire and that so happened, good. and that, oh, man, you're just, you're like, oh, fucking sour notes, and then all of a sudden, yes, Black Panther, the perfect person to leave that out. And then, you know, we got to see Elizabeth Olsen come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was happy about that. I was happy oh, about no. all of it. Oh, no, I was too. Elizabeth Ol- I'm convinced Elizabeth Olsen is the only one of the Avengers that could defeat Thanos by herself, because she almost did. She had him up and she, he had to say rain fire down and like it knocked her out, but he, she was like killing him. Well, her or uh, Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, Captain Marvel. Uh, she's she's pretty strong. She, she is, but I, I, I'm going with Elizabeth Olsen there. Fair enough. Uh, so the happiest moment. So our last on this happiness uh, segment, what's the go-to movie to you, Susan, that cheers you up the most? So for me, honestly, so I always say there's 
when you're feeling down, there's two types of genre you can go to for, or for me, at least I'm either in the mood for the like slashers that are not very like serious or I'm talking like Friday the 13th scream. I know you did last summer. Those I personally really like the ones where people just get picked off in a group. Like, I think those are just fun. It's even better, like, why I like screaming, I know what you did last summer. I love it even more when it's somebody in the group. Uh, even, um, I really like the movie with David Boreanaz, uh, Valentine's Day, or Valentine? Valentine. I think it was just called Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the usually my go-to, though, are romantic comedies from, like, the 90s, usually, that era. Uh, I love 10 Things I Hate About You. Can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Absolutely. Um, what's it called? Uh, How to lose a guy in ten days. Um, oh, I I love Bring It On. Bring It On <laughs> puts me in such a good mood. I know the cheers. I I mean, maybe not greatly, but it's it's such a happy. That's that is a happy movie. I mean, it's literally cheerleaders like pep. So yeah, all of those. Wonderful uh, movies that cheer me up. I would say Army of Darkness and Three Amigos. Three Amigos, okay. That's Army one. of Darkness is very gratifying. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I mean, for some reason that cheers me up just because it's my favorite movie when I watch it. But I, I guess Three Amigos always cheers me up. Um, and of course, you know, like Little House on the Prairie always cheers me up when I'm sick. <laughs> well, if you're going shows, The Office and Friends and right. Parks and Rec. Scrubs and Seinfeld, yeah. usually. Scrubs, Scrubs would oh, be a good Oh, American one. Pie cheers me up, too. <gasps> That goes in my '90s as well. Yes, yeah. all the the four four American Pies. Yes, I, I like all four of them. I'm I like all four. Them. All right, so that is all about our happy moments. Oh, happy day! And I hey, have to day. say to end this out, the very final uh, scene in Sister Act, where the Pope's <laughs> listening to them sing. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love Sister Act one and two, by the way. So I haven't seen them in a while, but I did love those movies. Sister Act One holds up so so highly, like it's still a ama- an amazing movie. So <laughs> highly recommend Sister Act One and Two. Um, you'll you'll see a young um, Lo- Lauren Hill. Is that her name? Yeah, she's no, in Lauren Sister Hill. Act Two. Yeah, correct. So no, Sister Act One is fantastic. So yeah, there you go. Oh, happy day. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our Blind Watch. Our next segment, Blind Watch, of course, we've been doing this almost every episode. I think we're enjoying it so far. I know I am. I am too. This is fun. It is, it is. So it's basically uh, each, each episode, Susan and I switch off picking a movie that both of us have never seen, and we have to watch it when we talk about it on the show. So it was, last week was Ricky O, the story of Ricky, and it was uh, Susan's pick this week, and she picked a movie from, a Disney film from 2011, I believe, and it's called Geek Charming, mm-hmm. and the only person recognizable in this movie is Sarah Hyland, who is famous from Modern Family. So... Susan, oh my goodness. First off, how did you come across this? Did you hear about this before? Did you just see it on Disney? You're like, fuck, we're going to do this. Well, okay. So the reason why, honestly, it did pop up on Disney Plus, And it was one that was like, oh, you might like this. I don't know what I was watching. And 
that would have totally been a movie if I was like still in high school when it came out that I would have like, that would have been my Friday night when that movie premiered. Uh, I really liked those, especially that premise, but I saw the cover for it. And before I was like, I'm not going to watch this. There's no way it's stupid. But then you made me watch Ricky O and I was like, you know what? It can be fun to watch this if I have to make Brian watch it too. So I thought for sure that you were either not going to finish it or you were going to text me complaining the whole way through, like, like, fuck, this sucks. Like, I want to blow my brains out. Like, I hate this movie. I thought, but I was- And I want, I want you to read my, can you read my text right now? What you said? Because I know you were, you were texting me like, did you finish it? Did you finish it? Uh, let's see. My text, what, my text was surprising maybe to you. Well, yeah, because you like, let's see. Uh, you said you were watching it. And uh, I, I said, I think it's going to be your new favorite movie. And you said, I agree, already like it. And you sent like a screenshot of it starting. And I was like, I thought you were joking. And I was like, you still watching? You said, yep. And uh, so I asked for your just like initial reaction. You go, I didn't hate it. It's not that bad. I mean, it's a dumb movie. And I don't get why people would laugh or think someone is a nerd or stupid just for wearing glasses. But overall, it's not that bad. <laughs> Sarah Highland was good. So that is honestly the polar opposite reaction I would have thought. I there's when Brian like and also because you're the type of person sometimes like sometimes you go into a movie saying you're going to hate it and you're going to hate it no matter what. It's a lost cause. And so I thought you would go into that one hating it. <laughs> I did not expect that reaction. I thought you were just going to say it was dog shit. I really did. I thought you were going to be like, terrible. I thought, like, that's, you know, you say that a lot sometimes, just like, terrible. 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 <laughs> so, okay, so Geek Charming, which I imagine is the play on Prince Charming in this yeah. Disney movie. It's a, it's a high school film, and it follows uh, Sarah Hyland, who plays a girl named Dylan, who's a super obnoxiously wealthy popular girl at school who turns her nose up at everything and then there is a g guy uh, played by Matt uh, Prokop uh, named Josh who's uh, I guess labeled a film geek at school but I just don't see any geekiness about him other than that he likes movies but maybe yeah. uh, we're, we're in that world so maybe we don't see ourselves as that yeah. and uh, there's a film festival at the school and Josh has set out to make a documentary and he picks the subject of Dylan to make a documentary about her and popularity in school. And turns out, you know, stereotypical, oh, there's more to this girl than actually on the surface. You know, it goes into her life, why she lives with her single father, what happened to her mother, who she is on the inside and why her bitchiness and overall unpleasant demeanor is just a facade type of thing so that's kind of the movie i'm pretty sure yeah. you've seen it before yes um so the movie was directed by jeffrey hornaday and before this podcast started i freaked out on who this was because i didn't know who it was until i looked him up and susan did you look him up no i did not I'll okay look him up right now so this guy was basically a choreographer. He choreographed stuff for Michael Jackson and Madonna. He was the choreographer for Captain EO, Carlito's Way, Dick Tracy, A Chorus Line, Streets of Fire, Romancing the Stone. 
uh, flash dance. Like the dude's a dancer, and I don't think there's any dancing in this movie. No, I was gonna um, say, what? Why didn't he do like High School Musical or Camp Rock? So hi, High School Musical was um, oh, what's his name? The same guy who did um, Dirty Dancing, I think. Mm. Um, but uh, his own directing stuff. The only thing he's done, uh, he did ma- like a documentary for Madonna in 1988, and the next thing he directed was this movie. He hasn't done anything since. No, he it says he did um uh the so the Teen Beach movies, which those oh, are musicals. Okay. So yeah, he did okay. both those. That's probably where he gets his choreography in there. Okay, so there you go. So Jeffrey Hornaday directed this. Uh, interestingly enough, he has ties to Michael Jackson. Can we please get Jeffrey Hornaday on this podcast? Because I have all the Michael Jackson and Madonna questions. Oh so, yes, please. Uh, so let's try. So here we go. We're going to talk about Geek Charming. Okay, so initial thoughts. Yeah. I, I read my initial thoughts, and it really, like, yes, it's a dumb movie, but it really isn't terrible. Like, there's there's stuff to like in it. Like, how how do you say it? There's there's enough charm in at least Sarah Hyland and the main uh, kid J- Josh that mm-hmm. goes a long way. That kind of carries the film, um, and. I think with that aspect of it, I think that it um, it forwards and makes you feel for the characters in more ways than just like a sterile Disney film. Because it almost is that, but there's a little heart in there as well, um, you know, with, you know, the tragedy of her mother and dealing with mm-hmm. that. But, uh, you know, is it something I'd ever watch again? No. Would it be something I would watch back in 2011? No. This would be the only, I think, way of watching it. But I think there's a little coolness there to like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover type of thing because there's always something more. And I like that aspect of it. Yeah. I pretty much agree with you because uh, when it first started, I honestly was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I because That's I was like... What, I mean, I, I almost thought that too. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hate this fucking Sarah Hyland chick. That, well, yeah. Cause I was like, damn, this is, oh, this is really bad. Like the, the, the dialogue was brutal, but once they got in, it's exactly what you said. The, the Josh kids, Sarah Hyland, they were, they were good. Well, Sarah Hyland's a good actress. She really does a good job in this movie. She owns it. She really commits to the role. So it, even in lines that are pretty cheesy, just because she like, goes all in it's not as bad uh but they that's yeah they have enough charm in there and their relationship is rootable and likable just because again not judging a book by the its covers she prejudged him too and they're both you get a better understanding of them and i i do like i would have definitely been more of a josh kid in high school so i do kind of like uh even though I wasn't a loser, it really wasn't like that. But I do like seeing uh, the other side to like that stereotypical popular chick and showing that they're not all just like bitches or whatever. Because yes, the stuff with her mom was really sweet. Her relationship with her dad. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was that was good. And I, I, I really liked what he did with the documentary. I, I think there there was a way that he could have gone fully like try to be extra like she's so great and i think the way he portrayed it was 
I don't know. He just kind of executed that a lot, like a lot less campy than I would have thought it would be. So I, I, I liked what he produced out of it. And I thought they, even though it is a movie we've seen totally before, it's very predictable. They did try to do things slightly different. Like I liked that there was that other girl that he had a crush on who, one, one thing that they uh, did with her, they didn't go a route where she was actually a bitch or she no. was actually bored. She was just, he just liked the other girl more. We didn't have to dislike her. We could still just be like, oh, well. And those two were good friends too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was good. It was, I, I thought that was one of the more realistic how she was still pushing him to go after that girl while she still had feelings for him. And I don't know. I thought that was actually a good little that's not always the formula they go with that storyline. So I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and just like the way, the, the way they handled the film, I thought that was, so they, they had attempts at making it slightly fresh. Uh, but like you said, it's not, it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. So it's, it's tolerable, sometimes enjoyable. I don't need to watch it again. Correct. And okay. So, did this bother you, Susan? You know, spoilers. These two don't fucking kiss in the movie. Like, they, there's not a no, kiss. No, they kiss. When? Did I miss I this? They kiss in the very, very end. There's no, one kiss. No, th- th- he covers it up with the jacket. Oh. You don't see them kiss. He covers it up with the jacket, and they walk down the streets, and he picks her up and twirls her around. There was, I didn't see a single kiss in that movie. Gosh, because they're they're standing right. there and they're they're playing like they're not together, but they really are. Then he, he like lifts up his like jacket, and they of course they do it, but you don't see it. So it's like, is yeah. that is there a Highlands thing? Like you can't kiss anybody? Like no, that's Disney. That is it's so stupid. I hate when they do that because that must have been around the time when they were like so scared to be very offensive and stuff, which they just got worse after two thousand eleven. Right, and it's it's so that brings up what I said in my text. I'm like. They couldn't find something more believable to make fun of somebody or to hate somebody other than wearing glasses because it doesn't well, make sense. That's the thing. He doesn't even wear glasses. He doesn't even wear glasses. He, the, the thing that transforms him is some new clothes and a new hairstyle. No, that's but it. her, when she wears her glasses, right. they have her contacts, they all start laughing at her like, oh, she's a nerd. She's stupid. And I'm like, yeah, because she puts on glasses, she looks the exact same. What's happening? Is this the Superman right. thing? I don't right. get it. <laughs> it's it's not that big of a deal when people wear glasses nobody is like oh you're a loser now uh yeah i mean that's that's true they're not actually they're too scared to really like find actual reasons to make fun of somebody too they 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 play it safe in this movie for sure i think this one honestly though i think that's why i, I can enjoy it a little bit because i can't even watch the new stuff disney puts out because they're so like I try to watch Girl Meets World, the amount that they are so, like, no kissing, no... Watering that down. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not real. I mean, they couldn't even say the word bully on that show. Like, it was... I swear, there was a bully episode, and they didn't even, like, show the bully. It was ridiculous. So this one was still on the cusp of, like, doing some things, you know? Like, it it was allowed. Like, yeah. It is annoying to me, though, when they don't kiss. I don't like that. No, it was weird. I was the one thing that was like, they didn't give us the kiss at the end? What, is, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So other than that, I mean, yeah, it, you will never watch it. I don't, 
I mean, can you recommend it? Like, who's going to watch this? <laughs> I can recommend it for, like, if during this quarantine you have, like, a kind of daughter who would want to see something that they feel is a mature, you know, love story, you could go with that. Like, you, you know. But it, it also, to it to its discredit, well, I mean, I don't know, but I mean – the wealth and locations like the the crazy house i'm like is this real life like is this actually happen like like i mean i know people who have money but i just don't see it like that <laughs> I, that's what i will never understand with these movies is when the the popular person is always rich like almost always if you think about it whenever they do this like, if you think about She's All That, Freddie Prince Jr. was well off. If you think about uh, Can't Buy Me Love, the girl was the richer one. It's like, these, the, the whatever, Pretty in Pink, like, the dude is rich. Like, I don't know why, I guess they're trying to say you get popular because you're rich. Like, oh, you know, you have money, so you can throw a good party. I, I guess that's where it's supposed to go. But, I mean, in my high school, nobody was like, super rich that wasn't why they were popular no for sure for sure uh i mean i think people had money but nothing like sarah highland i mean it was like over the top <laughs> it, it was, was really funny it was so maybe that's like their disney thing i don't know but whatever it is yeah there there's little things about the movie but with susan overall it really it's it's not terrible it's yeah. not great it's no <laughs> there is some bad acting her the guy she likes, that's about the dumbest character in that movie. Like, so I, oh, we could have had, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he was like, I was like, are we even going to put any effort in his character to like, not at all. like not. that was, that was so bad. I was like, we could at least try to give him some reason why this girl would like him more than just popularity. Yeah. It was just, it was a focus of the main two with the little hint of the third for girlfriend. Right. Which. I liked her. I thought yeah. she made, they gave her depth. Like. Right. So, and then the other little friends, they were just one note either into film nerd or they were super popular and did whatever Sarah Hyland said. So there wasn't much to go on there. But again, it's a 2011 Disney movie that Disney. was made for Disney Channel. And yeah. interestingly enough, it debuted on the Disney Channel to 5 million viewers. So, I mean, huge. Those movies did well i mean i'm telling yeah. you when i was all the way up through i mean i think the last i would always watch them i would get super excited to watch those on friday night they would come out and i think my last one might have been like camp rock 2 i think after that i checked out because camp rock 2 wasn't very good and i was like i can't really get into these anymore i hear you i hear you so yes uh geek charming with disney plus Check it out. And we are definitely going to try and get the director on this show, um, Jeffrey Hornaday. I That'd mean, be awesome. We have all the questions for him about this mm -hmm. movie and Madonna and Michael Jackson and everything <laughs> else. Oh, my God. So there, there it is. Uh, Geek Charming. Thank you, Susan, for picking this <laughs> week. Now, now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Be <laughs> nice. You, you didn't hate it, so I didn't hate it. You didn't hate Ricky O either. I didn't hate Ricky O. I got irritated in the last hour because of the repetitiveness. So, 
if you and I in Preston and the Conways were at Fantastic Fest at midnight drinking and we watched that in the theater full of people, you would probably have yourself a good time. I mean, I told you last time that it would be better if we got to watch it back at the house and we could talk. Talk, yeah, through it. That'd be the only way if I could, because I would need a vent being like, that was stupid. (laughs) Again? Oh, come on. And I'd be the annoying person, but I don't mind doing that. I I would feel so muzzled in a theater, especially at the Alamo. You know, you're not supposed to talk, so it'd be very hard. But at least back at the house, we can just, you know, make fun. I hear you. All right. All right. Uh, that is our blind watch. We'll be back next week with another blind watch chosen by yours truly. Ha ha ha. Ha. Uh, now on to our last little segment, our honorable mentions. We're going to be. Wait, wait, we were going to oh. ask, um, which, uh, that's what you're going to say. Oh, that's right. The high school experience, because we were talking about how, uh, this was very, this is totally, Geek Charming is a super unrealistic interpretation of high school. I don't feel like, I really don't think that's high school for anybody. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. So we were yeah. just talking about films, th- films or TV show that we thought best depicted our high school experience. And Correct. I brought this because Brian had one and you can say yours because I was surprised. Yes. Like Why? Freaks and Geeks, Freaks and Geeks, the TV show was like verbatim what happened to me through some of middle school and high school. Who who did you relate to? All three geeks, respectively. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, like, for instance, um, you know, making like the like the potion, like the thing in the blender that absolutely happened getting egged on halloween by the cool kids actually happened wow being chosen class treasurer without even running for being jewish that actually absolutely happened that happened to you yes it happened that's hilarious school and band (laughs) because you were jewish that's it yeah unbelievable i do i i have i have in my yearbook my high school yearbook you can see people would write my yearbook jesus is the answer <laughs> it is it's pretty That's crazy uh and what what else um the old school D stuff um trying to dress hip like sam did not in like the one piece track suit but like mm-hmm. something similar where it just like looked stupid um let's see here uh, let's see trying to you know trying to get beer uh in the kegs uh, episode uh, oh, the, the sex education stuff. Oh, completely. Uh, stuff like that happened. No, it was surprising on how well that show got my life in so many instances. It was so bizarre to watch. Like, I never, like, you know, ended up naked outside, but I was definitely scared to shower after gym because I fucking hated that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that is so interesting. No, no, for sure. And uh, yeah, there, a lot of that stuff, it was like, and watching that, because I never watched it when it aired. I watched it, I think, right when it came out on DVD um, and like back in the early 2000s. And that, watching that, I, I was like texting my friends. It's like, oh my God, you have to watch this show, Freaks and Geeks. This was like us, like this you know like loving bill murray and steve martin having the same posters in my room it was like that or the science set uh and being into magic and ventriloquism like it was all there and super strange to watch it happen but yes 
that high school depiction, even though it took place in like 81, completely was realistic from my mid 90s or so early to mid 90s. Did you have like a, like a James Franco, Jason Siegel group as well? So, I mean, yes, there were the kids that, you know, you know, stoners smoked the stoners sure. yeah that's yeah what I was like i like the freaks yeah so the freaks, yes yeah. for sure and i would you know hang out with them as well you know i never partook in any marijuana i think until 17 or 18 um but with them it was like a thing and they were into like the hardcore music and the uh the like soccer and sports and skateboarding and stuff and that wasn't me I was like comics and records and movies and stuff so it was kind of that I mean I didn't have like like the jacket or anything mm -hmm. uh, the, the army jacket I did have a jacket from a dead relative but it wasn't like that jacket it was like a like an oversized pea coat type of thing but I didn't wear it often um so yeah, that, there was like the freaks for sure. And I know their names exactly. Um, and I used to, cause they were like, they were always high. <laughs> yeah. Like for sure, always high and always sweaty. So it was, uh, that was fun to, I mean, like reliving that now in my head. It's just, man, that show was perfect. Thank you, Paul Feig and um, Judd Apatow. For it was a great show. I cannot believe it was only one season. Especially Fox canceled everything. <laughs> I, I just can't. The one, that's one of those shows that I am really mad. I wanted so badly for Linda Carlini and James Franco to have even just a kiss. Like, I was totally team them. I did like Jason Siegel with her, but she totally liked James Franco. That's who she really liked. True, but I think as the show got on, Kim Kelly started becoming better and better. And even though we like Kim and James Franco, uh, Daniel, I just don't think they were ever destined to be together. I don't know if I would have wanted them to end up together, but we never got anything. It was just this tease. So right. it was, you know, most series you get to sample that and be like, oh yeah, go back to like Jason Siegel. That's who you should be with. So I just felt very like, gypped that I didn't that that was teased to me and I never got it but and, and maybe maybe a little bit of super bad in there too yeah um, like I know I remember you know not being able to go to parties or bars but you know a few of the friends drinking and like hitting each other in the nuts and watching porn and trying to get in somewhere you know that that mm -hmm. was a thing but not as much as Freaks and Geeks Freaks and Geeks really like nailed it it was crazy what about you what about what high school I can't well, imagine it being Breakfast Club. No, no, it's okay. not Breakfast Club. Honestly, that I was, I was, I'm almost a little jealous that you actually are so like connected with Freaks and Geeks because I do. I'm still waiting for the day that one movie, like or show, really like hits it on the like head for me. But I, I was because I was thinking about this question. I was like, okay, the closest that things like I've definitely like clicked with characters and stuff like that. Like even on Never Have I Ever the main girl she propositions like a guy to like just want to go ahead and get her virginity over with and I mean she's like a sophomore in high school and I do remember thinking like even just my movie brain thinking oh that'd be so cool to like go up to the hot popular guy and ask the question that was like about the extent of it she's a very like her character's 
very angry and bossy, but I always thought, so actually can't hardly wait. One thing I always loved about that movie was the main guy, Preston. Um, <laughs> Preston. Yeah. Well, I love him because for like, that is one of the first lead characters. Like, you know, he's harboring a crush on a girl, mm-hmm. but he's not a nerd and he's not super popular. He's right. just a normal guy that everyone knows and they like him. Like the scene where Jennifer Love Hewitt is going around asking, everyone's like, oh, he's a cool dude. Yeah, I like that guy. He's nice. He was in my like class and stuff like that. And I just, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, that's, I feel like that's me in high school. That I was not, I wasn't a loser. I was not a geek, but I felt like, especially by senior year, because I was really involved in a lot of things. Every, a lot of people knew me. I was voted most friendly of my high school class. And Look at you, yeah. <laughs> how, are you, how are you so? You say you're introverted and shy. How are you most friendly? Is how do you get that with and... with guys I had a crush okay, on? Okay, I don't okay. have. There's a difference. There's a difference of like, I was fine. I was cool with people. Like people, I could talk to anybody most of the time. But if I had liked you, oh god, I was a wreck. I mean, I could try. I just didn't have the same like confidence to talk the way I normally do. I guess. So, uh, yeah, I just, I felt like, I think that's why I like really clicked with like, yeah, uh, Preston in that movie because I was like, oh, I feel kind of like he probably would have been voted most friendly maybe. Cause he just seemed like everyone liked him. Like he was just, but I was never like super popular. I was just. He's kind of tall, has <laughs> hair and wears <laughs> t-shirts sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> that's such a great line. <laughs> That's uh, Jason Siegel saying that. Yeah, too. I know. As he's like, what is that when he's like eating the watermelon? watermelon very yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So I would say that, even though I think, uh, actually, yeah. So that probably like the closest. Um, although I definitely had a hint of Melissa Joan Hart in that movie. I wasn't crazy. I was not a psycho. Like memories, people. But I was definitely all about the memories. So I would like, I would do video recordings. I made sure people signed my yearbook, things like that. So that, that was, I think that one, like, I had a lot of like, I was like, oh, that reminded me a lot of high school. But as far as like a series, like I kept coming back to Boy Meets World just in the sense of, I never know anybody that puts kids in lockers, but that it seemed again like Corey and his friends again they weren't super popular they weren't nerds they were just like average like just and then also what i did notice was topanga she was like considered kind of like hot and popular in a way and she was just smart so i think that was one of the first times i saw a popular girl that was um not a cheerleader you know in a in a in some like show and that was kind of like in my high school I can't even tell you all the names of the cheerleaders or who the popular cheerleader was like the popular girls were the ones who were involved like our prom queen was like uh the student council or the the class officer president like it's just but she was just a normal person that everyone knew like so it was very like smart was cool in my high school. Right on. No, that's good. That's good. That was not the case in my school at all. No. 
no. Different times. <laughs> Diff no, different times for sure. This was like 1996, yeah. 1995, yeah. Did you do theater? I did theater. I did theater too. I was in the thespian society. I was in thespians as well, which brings me to my other high school that I identify with movie, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, so Were not they losers though? Oh, because you, yeah, you said you, you felt like. So, like, I had, like, an eclectic group of friends like that, that were mm -hmm. always there for you and very artsy and stuff like that, but I would go to Rocky Horror Picture Show every weekend and oh, do wow. stuff like that. So, when that happened in person being a wallflower, I was like, no fucking way, I do this, I did this every weekend, you know, with, like, the fun music and stuff like that they're listening to. Um, I mean, nothing as serious as what um, he had in the movie happened to him or anything like that, but like a close group of friends, something like that. Yeah. We could always do something and of course do Rocky Horror with, uh, which right. was always fun with like the live cast and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I identified with that as well, but um, nothing like, I mean, I didn't identify with Clueless or really Breakfast Club or mm -hmm. anything like that. I mean, I get the, I get the Clueless. I get, I mean, it's fun to watch. And I think a lot of those, characters are you know enhanced to make them over mm -hmm. the top so in their products of the time for sure uh, right breakfast club had characters that just like it hit me emotionally and probably like dramatic things like they they over dramatized certain insecurities that i thought were like i could connect to but uh that also reminded me mean girls actually i want to say i think Besides uh, those two, Mean Girls was very close to, not that we had, I had a friend who reminded me so much of Regina George. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was me and it was like three girls though. It was just three of us and we had totally a Regina George and there was a Gretchen Wieners and I would have probably been Kate, Katie, like I would have been uh, whatever, Lindsay Lohan, I guess you could say. And uh I remember actually watching the movie with the two girls and I remember thinking like, uh, this is you to the, like the girl that was, uh, I didn't say it, but I was like creepy. Uh, but also the fact that like the way that she hung out with, um, her two friends that she really was friends with like Janice Ian and Damien, the way they hung out, that's really how I hung out with my friends too. Just like chill watching movie on Halloween and yeah. Nice. Nice. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, and I think that those are good depictions of high school movies. That's how we, how we did it. And I'm glad we talked about that. I'm glad I completely forgot about that. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> if if you and I ever get the chance to watch Freaks and Geeks again together, I will show you exactly what scenes happened to me. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I love yeah. that show. I love that show too. Uh, so, uh, all right. So our last segment, honorable mentions, where we're mentioning uh, the movies and TV shows that are coming out that we want to suggest to you. So mm -hmm. take it away, Susan. Okay. So I watched The High Note. Uh, recently Focus features new film. It stars Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. It's I say this in my review that'll come out. It, it's available on demand uh, May 29th. You can rent it for, I think, like 20 bucks as well. It's okay. It's definitely like essentially another like late night or Devil Wears Prada where 
Dakota Johnson is a uh, like assistant to Tracy Ellis Ross, who's like this big time former uh, music artist that you know she hopes Dakota wants to be a music producer, and she hopes that by working her butt off with this lady, she can get there. But of course, as a boss, she's kind of a bitch sometimes to her, but deep down she really cares for her. Uh, anyways, it's you've seen the story before. It's not necessarily anything special, but the two do play off each other really well, so I did have some enjoyment. It does lose its way in the last quarter of the film to where you're kind of like facepalm, but... I think maybe production value-wise, the music, the actors, it was the first movie I've seen during this quarantine at home that made me feel like I I was at the movies. So, yeah, not necessarily like the best movie, but it did. So I did enjoy it enough. Um, There's also The Vast of Night, which apparently premiered at Fantastic Fest last year. Did you watch it? The Vast of Night. Remind me which one that is again. It's about uh, two kids. It's in the, like set in the 1950s. These uh, kids who run like a radio station. They work at the radio station. Oh, they yeah. Hear, Did like, you watch it? Stuff. No, but I, I, that's one I wanted to watch because it looked awesome. I didn't see it. So it's, it's a lot of dialogue. Um, a lot of like, you know, interviewing because they hear this like sound, like a frequency that they're like, what's going on? It's very like a sci-fi fantasy thriller kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's a slow burn, but I was, I was happy with the ending. It's going to be available on Amazon Prime. So you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime, May 29th as well. They do have it at the drive-in theaters too right now, All if right. You, which I will say that's probably like a perfect movie to watch at the drive-in. Um, and uh, yeah, let, let's talk about the next one, The Wrong Missy. Yes. This is an Adam Sandler produced movie and it stars David Spade and Lauren Plankus and uh, a what? few other. Is Lauren La- Lapkus, right? Oh, is it? La- okay, Lauren Lapkus. <laughs> I knew it was something, but Plankus. Yeah. yeah. Lapkus. Uh, I like her and I like David Spade and of course other Adam Sandler regulars. Uh, it, I surprisingly like this movie. <laughs> I did not think I was gonna like this movie, but I, I I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was heartfelt. It was silly in the Sandler way. Um, yeah. It was great seeing Rob Schneider in another ridiculous role, which was funny. Uh, I I enjoyed this movie. About it's it, it's kind of like what happened. Uh, so David Spade. <laughs> And a very filled out, um, oh shit, what's his name? From Grandma's Boy, his friend. Ah, oh, damn it. No, I'll come back to it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, David Spade, he's trying to go on a date and he goes on this date, which ends up breaking his foot. And it's a horrible date. He escapes from it. Years later, he meets this other girl and it's like the perfect match for him. They get each other's number He's about to go to Hawaii to, on a work vacation. He's supposed to bring this girl. He texts her. She's coming along, but it turns out it's the first horrible date. And it just goes from there. And it's called The Wrong Missy because they're both named, I guess, Melissa or Missy. And turns out, you know, of course, she's the one for him. And I just think it's, it's, a, it's a sweet, funny movie. And I was surprised on how much I liked it and how much I liked David Spade in it. Yeah. I uh, I agree, actually. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be pretty stupid. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, like, lots of dumb parts. But maybe just 
were watching for Netflix and watching at home. It was another one that just, I like Adam Sandler movies most of the time. Yeah, I um, would be pissed if I paid money to see this in the theater. Oh, God, I would not pay. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's perfect for Netflix. There you go. And that's why it was decent. So, and you'll get some good laughs. No, for sure. And you'll see a lot of people in it. Uh, it, it was, it was well made for what it is. There's no Adam Sandler in it. Um, no. David Spade can carry a movie still. And he, he kind of plays the straight guy in it. And yeah. And Lauren, uh, Lapka, is it Lapka? Lapkus, I think. I yeah. think that's what it said. And she's great in it. I mean, normally she she's is. kind of like the shy, introverted character, and she just goes yeah. all out for this. And is she wonderful. does. So I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also have that. I'm, I'm rewatching Everwood. If somebody owns that or can watch it, I think that's just a great rewatch for a series. Um, did you watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I watched the first two seasons and I have not caught up on it since. And I, the movie, the show is good. It has some good moments to it, but overall it's not like, I can't get super into it. Yeah. I loved the first season and then I didn't like it again until the fourth season was solid. And then this movie was just not my cup of tea. I'm not into this. That was the first time I watched one of their like interactive ones where you get to choose Things. Oh yeah, I did that with Black Mirror episode. Yeah, and it was cool. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know that this one was one of those. Interesting. I didn't watch the Black Mirror that did that. I, I watched some episodes of that show, but uh, I do not like that. It stresses me out. First of all, I don't want to make choices while I'm watching. The whole reason I watch a movie is to get an escape and for someone to tell me their story or whatever. So I was not a fan. And what happens is if you choose wrong for certain things, they'll come at you and be like, why are you making Kimmy make bad decisions? And I'm like, uh, cause you're making me like, just tell me what you want to happen. So it's a little annoying and it kind of takes me out of the movie a little. That's interesting. They did that because with black mirror, they had like four different complete endings and stuff like that, where you, if you chose something, they filmed so much to go on a yeah. different route. And that was really cool. So this, I think there was just like two different endings and it wasn't much of a drastic. So it's just kind of like, and I watched the two different endings. So I just, it's all right. It took me, I think had it just been the movie they wanted us to see, that was like the correct way to watch it, I would have enjoyed it more. But because of that, it really was like not my favorite. Although the Titus and Jacqueline characters, those people are hilarious. I could just yeah, watch them all day. Titus is great. Yeah, Titus um, is great. And I see Lovebirds on here. I'm a fan. Uh, so I watched the movie and again, like Wrong Missy, I'm glad this is straight to Netflix because I would have been pissed if this I paid to see this. However, wasn't I supposed really, to be wasn't supposed to be right. No, I really enjoyed Lovebirds because I love Michael Showalter. I love him on the State and Stella and Wet Hot American Summer, and then you know the Dolores Hello, My Name Is Doris movie. Mm -hmm. um, I I really liked Lovebirds. I thought I mean Kumail Nanjiani plays the same character in this as he does in every movie, and it's yeah just annoying, uh, but. They added eyes wide shut to it. They added like a violent like cop thing to it. And like this, a little different take of, you know, this couple that actually breaks up after four years and they're forced to spend like the worst night of their lives together. 
Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was like a pretty cool uh, thing to go with it, but I like where it went because you know me and eyes wide shut. I'm real happy about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I have it in my preview content. I think I'm going to try and watch it tonight, but how much of this is date night is what I want to know. Which one was date night? Steve Carell and Tina Fey. They're in like okay. the rut of their marriage and they go on the... Not like it at all. Okay. okay. So it, it's it's very different. Like, because um, it actually goes to some pretty dark territory here. Whoa, okay. And so there, there's that aspect, but there's also a lot of silly moments. But um, the two lead, like Kumail is fine enough. Like, I mean, he says dialogue well and you like him well enough like in yeah. everything i love him i think yeah. he's so great he just hasn't played a different character ever right so which could be um, okay for him i mean right. well no he's gonna be a like a marvel character isn't he yeah. he's all jacked up now yeah right so i'm curious to see where his acting chops will come in as far as you know playing something different but you've seen him before but the two main leads and what they're like escapade is on is mm -hmm. quite great and brilliant and like i said it goes to some violent stuff and to eyes wide shut and i'm very happy about that <laughs> and then susan once you watch this you're going to text me like holy shit eyes wide shut <laughs> i think i've already seen it in the trailer is it the okay. mask scene oh no they're there i mean it's a whole it's like part of the movie yeah yeah Okay. So, it, but you know, and it ends like you would expect, and you know, it, 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 it's good for Netflix. Like, I'm so glad this wasn't in the theater because I think if it was in the theater, I was like, yeah, it's good, but don't fucking spend 20 bucks to see this. Like, right. It's a movie that's good for Netflix. Fair enough. Maybe yeah, that's I'm a good thing out of all of this. Maybe just movies that will go to the theaters will. I mean, I know every movie wants to be in a theater, and I get that. Um, mm -hmm. But man, I would be pissed to pay for the Adam Sandler one, Wrong Missy, in a theater. I, mean, I wouldn't. I would not pay for that expensive, one. and you're just like, oh, that was it. That would have been fine at home. Mm -hmm. so, but I, I, I did like Lovebirds. I recommend it for sure. Good, good. I'm happy to hear that because I, I'm excited for that one. No, you, you'll like that. Um, and then, of course, Space Force. I watched the whole first season. I really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. It is good mix of comedy and drama. Steve Carell is great in it, has a different voice in it, uh, new character, and then John Malkovich is excellent. It, it's, it's a good show. There's a lot, of, a lot of good things coming towards that in future seasons. Awesome. A lot, lot to build on. And a, a lot of silliness to it as well but um solid first season for sure and it's quick you know 25 30 minute episodes and i guess i mean i guess that's all that we're watching right now i mean there's stuff constantly coming out but we'll definitely update you next week with the other things that we're watching yeah for sure for sure for sure. Um, we are uh, we, we are No BS, Brian and Susan. This is episode six, Oh Happy Day. We'll be back uh, with next episode, episode seven, lucky number seven. We're going to have to think of something great for that. Yeah. And I'll be picking the blind watch. I'm very excited. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on, uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher Radio and iHeartRadio under the Multimedia Men banner. Come look us up, please. And uh, I, I'm Brian Kluger. I'm on YouTube. And I re recently joined Instagram again, yeah. posting ridiculous videos 
for no apparent reason other than I'm going batshit crazy in quarantine times. <laughs> so there it is, Boomstick Comic Screen Rant and High Def Digest. And Susan, where can everybody find you? Can find me at cityofirving.t or well, no, City of Irving for YouTube. That's our channel, and then ic10.tv, thischicksflicks.com, at thischicksflicks for Twitter, and I'm on Instagram as well. And yeah, there you go. We'll be back next week, folks. See you then.